Hello, hello. It is morning here, so I'm going to say good morning. <laughs> this is season five, episode 35, not 45. Episode 35 of the Decoder podcast, and it's our first ap- summer school episode, Clough. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, Ominous. I like your hello, hello. It reminds me of half the messages my mom leaves on our voicemail. Like is our that how she voice. does it? Hello, hello? Well, it's like it's oh. it's like the digital... It's like you remember back in the day, maybe you don't remember this, but back in the day, the basically a uh answering machine, so like one of those mini cassette tape answering machines was basically like a um it was early Alexa because mm-hmm. someone could call and then you could stand somewhere in the kitchen or somewhere in the house and you just stop for a second, you're like, okay. And then some person would say, uh, yeah, hey chids, uh it's Clough. I uh, just want to know if I could borrow that uh, that chainsaw. I'm doing some gardening. Okay, call me back whenever you pick this up. So that's like the one version, right? But the other version, which my mom does, and so this is what she would do all the time back in the day. Hello? If you're there, pick up the phone. And she's sort of gone through this whole thing, and she's like, it's your mom. And as, I mean, I recognize, we would recognize the voice. And sometimes it's funny. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'm in the room. I'm like, oh, you know, I should pick it up. She knows I'm sitting here listening to it. And then other times I know she just left that message and no one was home. Here's where it gets kind of funny. Digital answering machines don't have speakers in houses anymore. They're just like in the system. It's just in the system. There's no everybody actually there. So it's into the void. And I can't tell you how many of those exact same messages I've gotten from my mom was like, hello, I know you're there. If you're there, pick up. And it's just going to like my mobile voicemail. So it's not like anyone, there's no one in the room. So your start to me this morning. Hello, hello. Here we go. You made a connection. I made a connection. Fantastic. Fantastic. So yesterday was Canada Day. Happy yep. Canada Day. Mm-hmm. Um, are you are you out of school mode? What does are that? You, so, are so you let's... okay? Are you okay not waking up, getting in the car, and going to work? Right, because we kind of we talked about that. That was like that was something I mentioned in uh, Poloville to you. Um, it's not for me. So easy answer. Yes. Yes. But it's not what it is, is it's the actual routine. So it's falling out of the routine that I know is not good for me. Mm. I know that. So, um, we get Saturday, see Saturdays and Sundays initially are okay because those are always, always days that have alternative, uh, routines. Right. But Monday, when Monday comes back around again, I know my brain, I will need to have some some sort of a routine that, that I can rely on in order just to draw me through my days because it's not uh, I it's not good for me to just sit mm-hmm. or just um, you know we were talking about sleeping in. Um, there is no there is no reality for me where sleeping in is a good idea like that's that doesn't exist for me. Mm. It does not. So uh, this morning, because yesterday was kind of late, we were out watching fireworks, hanging out with some uh, family friends. So, you know, kind of waking up slowly this morning, 
that's fine. I'm good for one or two days of that. But I will have to I will have to put some sort of obstacles, goals, stumbling blocks in there. So I feel like I'm actually moving through my summer. And absence of work is not summer for me. And I have heard this for some people. That's what it is. It's the absence of the routine. It's the absence of the work. That is not summer for me. Yep, it is not. How about you? I feel this enormous high at the end of every school year. The transition from work into no work and not having to go anywhere or do anything related to work, I get a high off that. And what I'm trying to do this year, so what this is typically what happens. I have a high, I feel the high, but then I feel a low. And it's not a good low. It's like a, it's like a midlife crisis low every single year of my life, a week after the first week of summer. This year, I am, I am, I've built um, steel shields around me to stop this from happening. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean I'm enjoying the high that comes with not having to go to work and that transition of like end of school year, beginning of summer. I'm not sure what else to call it because basically I've experienced it every year of my life since starting school. Um, because if you think about it, there's always, I've always had that transition because I'm, I moved right from like elementary school, high school, university work. And I've always stayed in the, the world of education. So this high is something that my my body anticipates, my brain anticipates. But this year, oh Clough, you, you got me started. This year I'm I'm what's how do I explain this? I'm aware of I'm aware of um, the whole the whole dopamine drop and what I'm doing is tempering it. So instead of having this crazy high and then drop into a real major low. I'm trying to keep things as balanced as possible or close to equilibrium. So my highs aren't too high and my lows aren't too low. Um, I've been watching YouTube videos and reading about this neuroscientist who explains how to do this. Um, and so with that knowledge and, you know, by, by no means am I an expert, but I'm, understanding certain things and then trying to implement them as how he describes it. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to keep it even. So right now I'm a little bit above, I'm a little bit above baseline because I want, I, I'm allowing the chemicals to roll, but not so much that I'm like in the clouds and then next week I'll be down in the dump. So that's, that's the transition for me. Um, I really appreciated that Canada Day was yesterday. It came so quick after the end of school because everything's closed. So was, I didn't feel the need to have to go anywhere or do anything. And that was nice. And then today we're leaving for our vac first vacation. So, um, you know, when I'm done here with you, I've got things to do. I've got places to go and things to get so we can be on our way. So that's what's going on here. I've always loved, I've always loved the transition from school to summer vacation. And, you know, 
I was reading on Twitter yesterday, people already complaining, already complaining that teachers are lazy and, uh, you know, we get paid for the summer. I had a big laugh. Doug Ford has come out and already threatened us. Uh, <laughs> not understanding how anything works, the man comes out and uh, says he's going to give us more than 1% in our new contract. My wife laughs. She's going to be like, yeah, it's going to be one decimal zero 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 one percent is what he's going to offer us. And uh, he wants us all back in the fall. Dougie wants us back in the fall. Little does he know how any of this works. But anyway, um, so I, I had a nice laugh yesterday as I was enjoying my transition from school to summer. I think my whole just not... Um... Um, that whole protect the weekend thing. I think it helps my mindset. I don't feel that drop. I get it. I get it. I don't feel the drop. I don't feel... I think... Like, it doesn't happen automatically. Do I have moments of, like, oh, it's 9.45 a.m. and I'm sitting on my deck and this is sort of strange and it's a Wednesday? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I have those moments where I recognize there's real difference between what I would normally be doing a month ago and what I'm doing now. It's funny how my productivity though, that, that motor just to kind of keep doing stuff, how it kicks in. Um, and I think it's just, I have it all year long. Like, I think that's really how it plays out. It's all year long. I, it, it never really leaves my operating system. So, um, that's cool. I think I, I it's I I think part of what I hear and what you're saying is uh there's something like an addiction that you're managing. I think you know what I mean? Like you're on the drip just to manage like it's either pain management or uh excitement management, energy management. I get it, I get it. Uh I always I wonder always around uh how much our jobs like i'm kind of done with the conversation around having summers off like i just i don't feel like i got any game on that um i don't even know if i if i can be convinced to see it that way maybe because of the long game that i sort of exist in in the summer i write we do podcast i'm with my family i sometimes think to myself you know i'm i i'll take a week or two to slowly work on courses I'll still talk with individuals. I'll still kind of read stuff online. So I don't personally have a sense of ever being 100% out of work. Like at that drop moment, I don't have a... Um, and I think it's also, it's the it, for me, it's the type of work that, for me, it's the type of work that integrates well with family life. So I'm still able to be around my family, kind of do my work and not feel like it's pulling me away to have to do it. So there's that weird, there's a weird illusion there that, um, I can be, I could be, I can be talking with my kids about what are we going to do tonight for dinner and then kind of go in the other room and pound out, you know, a, a rough draft of a lesson plan and come back and make dinner again. It's maybe in some ways, even as I say it, it, it feels a little bit like how online learning was, you know, it's that, that was like the pure distillation of it about being around your family all the time and still doing work. It's just kind of flipped slightly. But the, the convenience and adaptability of being able to do the work that we do and still include our family, 
um, hasn't changed. So maybe I'm just kind of leaning on that space. I'll get more family time, but I know at the end of August, I won't. It's going to flip. I'm going to have to be because I'm an early start school. So we get our week off in late October. So, uh, so good. I'm happy for you that you, I'm happy for you uh, that you've, that you know this about yourself, that you know this and notice about yourself, because I think, no, sorry, I can't say that because I don't, I don't know for sure, but I imagine that there's some individuals that have a real hard time transitioning. Like they, they don't find their feet. Um, and I've talked to other individuals that say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, that's why I do summer school. I just, I got to keep going. I got to keep, I, I only want sort of two weeks off. Any absence of work is, is not a great, uh, place for me. So cool. I am happy that you have uh, a connection to that. And I think it might actually be, sorry, last thing I'll say this, that might actually be new ways for somebody to think about what's going on with them right now. If they're sort of hitting Saturday, like I said, Saturday, Sunday is already a wild card because it's kind of like reinforced of the weekend, but come Monday when, you know, Sunday night, you get a little bit of that, get a little bit of the anxious ease, like, Oh, here comes the school week and it doesn't come. Well, that's also, that's also disappointment. Like it could also be like, yeah, I get to sleep in, but it can also feel like disappointment. So I guess managing that, I, I like how you, I like how you talked about it. I think that's kind of, that's kind of cool. It falls, it feels like it falls really close into that other conversation where, and I was saying this to my, my own kids, like <clears throat> not every kid likes to go home for the, uh, go home on the weekend, right? They would actually prefer to be at school because they're, that's where they sort of feel safe. That's where they supported. That's where the breakfast program is. And if we just take that as a very, kind of human thing right like that's just you know feeling us as social animals that i'm imagining something like the summer for some people can be quite um stunning where they are literally it's it, it it's on them to figure out what it means to manage their time because no one's going to tell them how to do it i like that took me a long time to figure out i've been kind of working on this thing that i'm talking about for the last six months actually so i was like when i was starting to get into it six months ago i'm like you know what this is going to come in really handy and a true test of whether i understand and whether i care about this as much as i feel like i do when school ends because i it's a marker for me it's a marker i know it um and over the years, I've just gone with, okay, well, you know, the low's coming, so live up that high. But it's like, nah, you know what? That's part of the problem, according to what I've been reading about and learning about in science. That's part of the problem. So instead, you know, enjoy a bit of that lift off, but don't go too high. And then as you come down, regulate and try to mediate how low you go. Now, this is, I'm, I'm very much simplifying this and, and uh, I'm coming at it from a place where um, like I'm not diagnosed with any kind of uh, mood disorder or anything. So it's not like, so I'm just a neurotypical person who, as far as I know, understands what happens to me at a certain time of the year and what's traditionally happened to me. So I'm just trying to like be more aware 
understand the science behind it, try to implement like some of the ideas that will cause me not to get too high, not to get too low. So, and so it's all very amateur, right? It's amateur. It's based off of uh, real science and experiments and stuff with animals and things like that. And this person brings it all together and makes sense of it for humans. So by, by no means is it like, it may not be, I, you, you may not be able to replicate what I do just because it's, you are who you are and your, uh, your chemistry might be different than mine. So it's just, it's just cool. So I'm applying it. I'm, I'm just thinking I'm applying it. I'm working on it. Um, that in itself excites me, right? So it's like the learning doesn't stop. I'll find things to do. I always find that in the summer what happens is I, I overbook. I put too much on my list. And much of it doesn't get done because there's so much there. And I, I like space. I like some space to do nothing. Like I literally have plans, some plans to do nothing, which involves watching television uh, mindlessly while I do something else. Um, you know, go, go places with my family. Like I call that nothing because it's, it's not like a big planned event. It's just, let's get in the car and do this. There's, I know, I don't know what other people would call that. There's room for that. Yeah, dude. And I just finished an AQ course. So I'm kind of feeling weird because I think I may have told you this. I've been working on that course every single day, literally every single day since, I don't know, the beginning of May. And now it's just, boom, there's nothing more to do. And I, I, I've still been checking the LMS to just make sure I did everything I was supposed to do. Uh, and it appears so. And I'm assuming if I didn't do something, my instructor would reach out and say, hey, you didn't hand this in, but I noticed you handed everything else in. So what's going on? But that's a dangerous assumption because I guess she doesn't have to do that if she doesn't want to. Um, so I'm feeling a little bit strange. I'm feeling a little bit strange from that too because I went from working on this course every single day all the time to um, to not having to work on that anymore. It's kind of weird. But don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm, I'm dying to keep working on that. I'm not. I'm glad it's over. In fact, I think I remember, maybe I told you this, when, we, when I started the course, so when I, the last AQ course I did, I don't know if you remember, but I, I almost didn't finish. Like I almost just walked away from it because I was so, I just was so like, I don't know, I guess I felt there was too much on my plate and something had to go and it was going to be the course. And the good news about that is I didn't have to pay for the course. It was given to me for free. So I felt like, um, I felt like there was no monetary loss, which for me, I guess is a big deal. Um, but I almost quit. I think I, I wrote a blog post about it and, um, after the course is over, I shared the blog post with my instructor. It's just so you know, I almost quit at this point here. And she reached back. She's like, why didn't you say anything? You know, you should have said something. We could have worked something out. And I said, what, work out what? Like extend the deadline so that I'm in the course for two weeks past when it's supposed to end. Like it was torturing me. I was being tortured. 
I chose that torture and I almost walked away to avoid it. So knowing that I experienced that with the last AQ, this AQ, I was totally, again, I was prepared. I was like, okay, this is going to go on. It's going to start in May. It's going to end July 1st formally. Get to work. Stay ahead of the curve. Do the do the assignments that don't require a lot of a lot of thought. Make sure you have a system for responding to people and tracking it so you don't have to keep going back. So I had a whole system built to keep me efficient and to keep me from not feeling overwhelmed. And it worked. It worked because what I experienced was when I spoke to some of my colleagues in the course. So as we were going through, we had to create a unit plan at the end. And it was a killer. Like, that's what it took all my energy to put together that unit plan. I don't even know if it's good. I'll find out in a couple of days, I guess. But um, I was reaching out to some of the, the other course members who would often comment on my posts and I would comment on theirs. So there was like a group of us that we just seemed to always be finishing assignments at the same time and then posting and commenting. So I reached out to a handful of them. I said, hey, I'm not sure what I'm doing with this unit thing. Like, can you take a look and tell me what you think? And a lot of them, a lot of them would respond and say, I'm really happy you emailed me because I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And I was like, that was me in my last course. And so I, I responded, I told them that was me in my last course. This is how I, this is how I changed my process and procedure for this course so that I wouldn't feel that way. Even though I'm telling you, I'm not sure what to do with this unit plan, but I'm not feeling like I'm going to quit the course. I'm just feeling confusion. I'm not sure what to do here to, to make the confusion go away. Or even if it may be good. Like I, I accepted the fact that the confusion might be a good feeling to help me keep going. So I told them this. They're like, oh my God, tell me, tell me what's, what's your, what's your plan? What did you do? So I kind of broke it down. I said, like, I created like a physical checklist and whenever I would meet the requirements for a post or whatever, I check it off. And then I would never return to it unless I had a little bit of time and I felt I wanted to go back and see if I could find stuff that might help me. But I said, I never, I never went back unless I had the time. If I didn't have the time, then I was staying on course and moving forward, knowing everything behind me was checked off and done. And we're talking bare, bare minimum requirements too, right? Like I'm not, I'm not talking like, it's hilarious to pass this course. You have to get a B plus, A minus, or A plus. Anything lower than a B plus and you fail. So I wasn't, I was aiming for, I was that student who was like, what do I need to be successful? Because I'm not trying to be lazy. I'm trying to be efficient. And efficient for me doesn't mean I shoot for the A plus every time. It doesn't. It means I shoot for the low end. Now, I always give a little bit of extra just in case, but I'm not aiming for A plus. So I'm like, give me my B plus or my A minus, and then let me keep rolling. It's funny. So I was told by some of these people that they really appreciated my process and that they were going to start it up for the, the last module kind of thing. So that they could stay on task. Now, for me, that would have been too late. That wouldn't have worked. I needed to do this right from day one. Um, I don't have it with me. I thought I brought the papers upstairs. I have like my little checklist sticky note thing. And and literally, like I would walk around. Every time I work on the course, I would walk around. It'd be in one hand and the laptop would be in the other. 
and I would just work and then check off, work and check off. So I did not feel the burnout, but I did feel like like a, a mini sense of urgency, like, oh, you're sitting here doing nothing? Crack open the laptop and do some of your AQ course. Um, and I did have, to, I did bring my laptop with me to like, when we go out, like when my son had a sporting event or whatever, get him to the rink early, we get dressed while he's getting dressed, I'm working. And there were times, there were Sundays, some days and Sundays where I'm like, holy cow, I'm going to be out of the house for like the entire day. I can't wait to get home to work on the AQ course. I won't have any gas left in me. So I would literally bring my laptop, park somewhere, crack it open, work on it. Um, so I was really using my time as efficiently as possible. There were times when uh, I'd be at hockey and there'd be some parents there that I knew and they're like, what are you doing every Sunday? You're sitting in the same corner with the laptop. I'm like, I'm working on a course. I'm I'm no pro at this this uh, content, so I need to like do stuff to learn more and figure it out and create the things that are gonna lead me to success. And it was just funny because they're like, okay, well we'll see you in the rink when the game starts. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be in there when it starts. But until then, I'm right here in this corner where the plug is, and I'm working away on my AQ course. So. There you go. There's Roland's little tidbits. Um, so, a uh, couple things that I connect there. One, man, whoever started this thing about you got to have eighty percent to pass a course. I, I just, I'm, I as soon as you said that, I'm like, how has that become a thing? How has that become a thing? You're not pulling someone's brain out of their head. And, you know, while they're on the heart monitor and their blood pressure's fallen, this isn't a, this isn't a critical, you know, universe going to change someone's universe through science kind of a moment. It's a course. And I just, I just, yeah, that just kind of occurred to me. I was just like, what, what? that marker higher and it's just i don't know i just it just kind of stuck with me the second layer to that is the willingness to play right say okay all right i'll get that the third part is the but did it actually meet that standard so there's the threat you don't get your credit but there's the abstract reality like well, i still don't know if i met the actual standard that reinforces the fact that i'm actually the mark that you're giving me. It's just a funny little mind game that we play, right? So that's what my brain got fascinated with. Sort of like, how is it we got to a place where, where we're so comfortable saying, you got to get 80% to pass this course. And it doesn't have, and again, we're not talking about, we're not talking about like the steering wheel has to be fastened to the car properly because someone could die. We're not talking about, oh, yeah, if I don't hook up that one little, like, cord in the back of the brain here, your brain's not going to work. This is a qualification to be able to teach. And it's, dude, I am not, I've drank enough of the Kool-Aid. Teachers are important. But does that, setting that bar, make you a better, like, what's, what's, what's the assurance there? Shwoo. 
Chid's got, you know, the 85%. Oh, but his colleague Jimmy? Jimmy's, Jimmy's back. Jimmy, Jimmy pulled up a level two on that. God, it totally, yeah, thumbs, you're out. You're out of here. Double thumb out. So um, it's just a, it's a funny thing. That I would love, that I would love, I, you know, our thousands of listeners. That's a conversation um, I would love to dig into with more people about our willingness to accept that excellence in our AQs is at, that somehow a level of active excellence once you've completed the task, because that's really what we're talking about here. Like if you take an AQ and you never use it, you never know whether or not you learned anything. I was just talking about this with a, a colleague uh, the other day when we were talking about um, working through safety plans for some students and talking about what is the what is what is the plan. This is the stoic approach as well. So, what is the plan to support the child, keep the child safe, uh, if and when they have an escalation? So you sort of work through these things. You can read through safety plans and IEPs and you can see, okay, there's something, there's something, um, there's something about this kid where they have uh, the potential to have some sort of an escalation. And, you know, it, those are comes in all different kind of different forms could just be that they, they don't respond. They sort of become uh, in, uncommun uncommunicative. Is that the word? Uncommun well, sorry. No, they're constantly communicating. I know that about spec ed. They just might not be using words to do it, right? Effective, uh, let's say, vocalization, language, speaking speaking the words. Um, but they are communicating something else. Uh, to the other end where they could pose a threat to themselves or a threat to others. So there's a whole range in there. And there's a range of responses. So we're working through these. And at, at one point, we both, in our sort of talky talk about this, we also said, okay, so this is great. We have the theory. We, we feel safe. We feel safe and um, informed in building this. And we both kind of said, um, but we really don't know. We really don't know until the student escalates. Which is a very strange other place to be in, right? That you don't necessarily know if you've built the right thing until you take the plan and either inhibit an escalation. So you've actually built the right thing to sort of be preventative. Um, or, you know, are you <clears throat> like you, you build in the right tools to be preventative, but even then you're also thinking, well, if the preventative things don't work, you have to have those other layers. So in some ways, the litmus for the plan is at, because the plan can hit multiple levels. It's not just, you're trying to prevent it. Well, what happens when it's actually starting to escalate? What happens when you're in the middle of the escalation? And then what happens on the other end where you start to come down? And you could sort of move through those four phases really quickly. So we kind of landed on, geez, we won't know for sure until we actually have or recognize that we're in the middle of an escalation. And, you know, you could say, you know, I, I've taken my CPI training, right? But again, even that, if I pull a level four on that, I get my 80% because I can sit in a room and I can sort of show that I can do the control positions or I show, I show what I know by answering a quiz. That 80% doesn't mean anything because it's in a place that it doesn't mean anything <laughs> by, by affiliation because doing it in a, in a fishbowl classroom. So even in saying that, Jimmy pulling level two 
still passes the class. It's going to be what Jimmy does with it afterwards that is more impactful to the children. So that was my first thing I was saying about that. The second part I loved, and I don't know, I won't unpack this too much, was that the instructor, when, because I've been in this conversation too, so you you so you're you're sort of advised. Well, why didn't you come and talk to me? And I think sometimes we 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 believe that we can somehow operate independent from the systems within which we operate. And what I mean by that is this person. So this was the person that was delivering the AQ, saying, "Why didn't you come and talk to me?" Yeah, I think that the individual is not seeing that the fact that the AQ exists in the first place is because the system has said we're going to have an AQ. Them as the facilitator are a part of that same system that you are pushing against. So it's kind of like the best case scenario in that discussion. And now again, there's there's other things, but here's what I imagine. The best case thing is that you're just able to sort of climb over them and then you both drown because you know to try and like they actually can't offer you anything more than what's already in the course or a delay to the course and or i mean absolutely zero let's say depth of perspective about how you're seeing it inside out from your life like you're sort of saying no like this course just does not jot it's it's actually i'm kind of interested in the content but the way that it's structured the timelines the volume where my life is right now I'm not connecting with it. Come and talk to me. About what? About what? Convincing me that I can do it? I know I can do it, but I'm at this place where it's just not connecting with me. What, you'll pull back an assignment or two? Well, I I have, it's it's kind of about time, but it's not really about time. I just think that it's a, it's a sometimes a funny moment of, um, it would probably be better I mean, maybe, a, I don't know, a better conversation would be the two of you to go to the actual university that's stamped this as an AQ and say, look, the way this course is designed is not designed very well. Like that just strikes me as like a better, bigger conversation to be a part of as opposed to going to the students, talk to your teachers, teachers, talk to your students. At some point, teachers and students talk to the system because it's actually the system that's setting up the context that you were suffering in the first place, not necessarily what the teacher had designed teachers part of it but it just it struck me as slightly ironic that they would want you to come and talk to them about it after they already knowingly designed the course yeah the the i appreciate everything you've said the best part is in the aq that i'm doing right now and i won't mention the school but um because i was staying ahead of the curve on purpose so, because I know my life, right? So they're like, okay, this is built for adult learners. <laughs> I, I barely got any feedback from my instructor until last week. Because the way that the course is set up is that there are a lot of things due later in the course rather than the beginning of the course. But because I was so far ahead, I was handing stuff in. And my instructor, I guess, wasn't getting to it until she was supposed to get to it not also working ahead and this is going to be a huge this is going to be a big deal for me when it's time to um, provide feedback on the course um 
and I've reached I've reached out to my instructor a couple of times to ask questions about things because I was so far ahead. I'm like, I'm working on such and such right now. I don't understand what you mean by this and that. Can you please provide me with some detail so I can see if I'm on the right track or not? And she would, but she wouldn't get back to me quick. And my argument, if somebody were to say, well, you were just way too far ahead, my argument would be, you don't know my life. If this is supposed to be adult ed and I'm being responsible by like looking ahead and seeing what's happening in my life when I can insert coursework, like I told you I was working on every day, but working on every day doesn't mean I was banging out assignments. It means I was like working on certain things in order to get to that assignment and get it handed in by a certain deadline for myself, knowing that you know, this Saturday is a write-off and this Tuesday night is no good. And like, it's not like, it's not like every night and every weekend was available to me for my AQ. That's not how it was. So, you know, my, my instructor, I was, ha I handed in a ton of stuff about the unit plan as well. And then hilarious last weekend, as I'm in my family room, hanging out, I get, email i got a couple of emails from the instructor with okay your feedback is in for this assignment that assignment and i would go and then she would provide me with great feedback and then because i had the time because my unit was done i'd go back into my unit plan and i would literally add to the things that she suggested even though i had handed in my unit plan it was handed in already so what i did was i went back in i uh, i made the uh, you know the recommendations she suggested and then resubmitted it like twice so now when she and i wouldn't remove the old ones i'm not doing that i want them to see i was on top of my game i was doing what i was doing based on the knowledge i had and as you provided me with feedback which i believe is weeks too late um because i had the time i went back in and i I fix things up based on your feedback and then resubmit it. Um, so my biggest beef is that my biggest beef is that what provisions do you have in place for the adult learners that are reaching ahead? Because I know for sure there are adult learners who are behind. And I know there are adult learners right on. But I'll tell you something. If I waited till last week or the last two weeks to actually work on this unit plan, I'd be in big trouble because I don't have the, I don't have the time readily available to me to give to it each night, nor do I want to. I don't want to give up. I don't want to like have to sit every night and work on this stuff. I, I can work ahead on it. That works for me. So I'm like, this is interesting because your deadlines, as soon as I saw the deadlines, I'm like these aren't going to work for me. I don't work this way. I, I can't bang out a unit in two weeks. And why would, and I knowing that about myself, why would I wait? For me, that's called last minute. Why would I do that to myself? I'm not doing that to myself. I paid for this course. I'm paying for a service. They're not paying me. So there's a lot of layers for me. One of them though is how come the instructor, I guess it's my worldview. If I was instructing an AQ course and Jimmy, hands in an assignment two weeks early, I'm probably going to look at it and I'm probably going to give Jimmy feedback because there's a reason why Jimmy handed it in two weeks early. Probably because, well, based on my worldview, 
Jimmy's got other things going on in his life. And so, you know, maybe he could have pretended. That's another thing, too. People pretending, getting stuff done and handing it on dates do. I'm not pretending anything at my age, my experience, my life. You get it when it's when I'm ready to give it to you. So, yeah, it's one of my questions. How come you didn't respond to any of my early stuff? Maybe because in her life, you know, she knows June twenty first is my is the day that is the day after this assignment was due. That's the day I'm giving it to mark everybody's assignment and give them feedback. Maybe that's how this person rolls. But I'm kind of like I'm left I'm left out in the left field by myself because I handed things in early. Um, and it's funny because things built on other things. So some of these assignments built on each other. So I was handing in stuff blind, not knowing if I was building in the right direction or not. Oh, adult learning model. The Alm. The Alm. <laughs> That's actually cool. Yeah. How much do you pay? How much do you pay? How much, what are your alms to pay this course? Because I think it, as we're teasing this apart, man, see, this would be valuable to have a million viewers, right? Oh, yeah. Because the whole idea of the adult learning model doesn't correspond to an adult teaching model. The onus is on you, bro. The onus is on you. And, you know, I remember I was at a restaurant. I was at a restaurant. I've always worked at restaurants. But I can remember. So back in the day, Golden Griddle. Golden Griddle is where I worked. And part of my job, part of my job as a busboy was to bring coffee to the table. To bring coffee to the table. And... Uh, the server would tell me, go to table five. Can you bring some? They want refills on their coffee. It went from there to someone. It, it, we, we changed the process where I was no longer directed. It was just part of my kind of like rotation is that every 15 minutes or so, I'd pick up the cough, two coffee pots. The orange topped one was decaf. The brown topped one was caffeinated. And I would go to the table and say, and the language even changed. I would, I would, um, Say, um, initially, would you like some more coffee? And then I would wait for the acknowledgement. And then it was like an acknowledgement, yes, yes or no. That changed into, um, as efficiencies were built in, I would still take the coffee, but I would go to the table and I would shorten it down. I would, And I wouldn't even ask necessarily. Um, there wouldn't be the intro. It would just be, uh, regular or decaf? Boom. So much shorter. The third layer to that was just going back to the table and topping it up without even asking. I look on the receipt and I could tell from the receipt who had which coffee at the table. So I just go and pour it whether they want it or not. The final layer, and this is when I was just leaving the restaurant. And here's where the kicker is. We just put a friggin' pot of coffee on the table and walk away. Now, at the end of that meal, at the end of that meal, the server still expected a tip. Yet we've progressed to a point where the table is almost taking care of the things that the gratuity is a part of. And again, we're going back in the day where the, the 
actual wage that was being paid to servers and and bus people bus people um was really a lot lower like really a lot lower so you were as they say dependent on tips and i get it in the industry places are still dependent on tips the hourly though relative to it like put it for like the 15 percent tip hasn't changed the mindset 50 percent hasn't changed but the actual wage has increased higher than let's say when when i was first coming into hospitality but i still have of the mind that the tip i'm still i'm tipping not i might be breaking some people's hearts are like really you worked in hospitality i go into hospitality i tip because there was something about that server that really made me feel at home um connected kept me interested the food coming to the table quickly is 90 percent because of the kitchen it really is the kitchen being able to sort of create and get the food up the other 10 percent is the server carrying it or someone carrying it from the the kitchen to the table so i think to myself your hourly your hourly kind of covers that 25 meters walking from there to there when you start to get you know deeper into it okay i'm like man like i felt really special man like everything was just there like them being able to read me and provide me with what i need in that moment makes me feel good about paying at the end i wish there was a deeper sense of that in aqs because I'm now convinced, now I'm now convinced with AQs, and this happened when I did the PQPs as well, that course design, the, the lion's share of course design and assessment and mentoring is now distributed to all my peers. And my peers now, individuals that may or may not have the depth of experience, are giving me feedback on my work when what I really want is I still want to be known by the teacher. I still want to be understood by the teacher. I still want to be um, redirected by the teacher. I want the teacher to say, that's really interesting, Clef, but you're wrong. And then to sort of walk me through why. And I feel like AQs right now, and I've taken them recently, right? I feel like AQs right now is they're just dropping the, they're dropping the, the caffeinated coffee jug on the table. Have at it and still asking for a tip afterwards. Last thing I'll say, the PQP, I got a, a, a survey request from OPC. And it talks about whether or not, and you know, some of the questions on there around, you know, um, did you, it was sort of like, it kind of was like, are you, are you currently working as administrator? If not, why? So there were a lot of questions around that. And I put on there, I said, you know, from my experiences in the course, and my experiences in education, I am not, uh, I do not believe that I could live a wholesome life, a fulsome life, learning, leading, and taking care of my family. I said, I do believe there's conditions right now within leadership, like it's the conditions of leadership, not unlike what I'm suggesting about the system conditions of that instructor saying, Roland, you should have talked to me. Well, those things that you'd be talking about are not about you. They should be about the system that put you and the teacher in that position in the first place. So that's where I'm hitting that part of the system. There are conditions there, instructions there, protocols there that would keep me working without clear satisfaction personally. And I would not be able to be, have a, a, I would not be able to balance my wellness. So 
regular decaf boom on the table. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. And still ask for a tip on the end. I love that. I love that. And you know too, you know the re- you know the restaurants where you're sitting there and the stuff is all kind of put out for you. Buffets is a perfect example, right? Buffets is a perfect example. You basically you're walking up getting your own food. Someone's clearing your plate, but hell, put a bus bus pan by the where I'm actually picking up my food by the trough. I'll take my plate back over or I'll just keep stacking in the center of the table. Don't make me happy, make me happy. I don't care. And then you ask for a tip at the end. Dude, I went for breakfast with my buddy recently. Yeah. And the minute he said decaffeinated, she brought over this big pot of decaf. Because I guess it's really interesting that you're saying this. At that time, I thought this is great service. She literally gave you, you know, 10 gallons of coffee. She doesn't, you don't need to keep asking for it. They don't need to come give it to you. The minute he said caffeinated, she knew what she was going to do. She's going to drop it off because nobody else is drinking it. So I'm going to make this pot for you. and I'm just going to leave it for you. You can do what you want with it. I thought that was great. <laughs> but now that I'm hearing, and then she said, well, what do you have? And I'm like, well, I had regular, but now that I see that there's a pot of decaffeinated, I'll just drink. There's no way he's going to drink all of it. So I'll drink some of it too. And then she had this, she stopped coming back to ask about coffee. I thought that was great. Now that I hear what you just said, I don't I don't like now she was doing other things. It's not like she literally dropped the food and the drink off and never came back. So she was still circling back. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, so the coffee, you're not gonna you're done with the coffee, but you're still doing other things, which I'm gonna tip you for. But you're right about the AQ course and and with this particular one that I'm doing now, I really feel like we've I've been left out on my own for far too long. And like I said, um, I emailed my instructor a few times and said, hey, I just handed this in and now I got to work on this, but I have no idea if I'm on the right path. You know what? She didn't even respond to me for some of them. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm just going to keep working. And then if it hits the fan, then I guess I'll, I'll respond with, I'm not sure how I failed this assignment based on the fact that I followed, you know, I read these things and I incorporated them into the assignment and you didn't give me any feedback. So, uh, balls in your court now. Let's hear what you have to say about that. Um, I feel like this instructor with, well, here's the funny thing. I was, I just keep talking about myself, but it's not just about myself because I was talking to what half a dozen other people who all felt the same way as me. So there's at least seven people out of 20 who have been just left to their own devices because they're reaching ahead because of their lifestyle. And it's an adult course. It's not, I've taken an AQ course where they literally don't open the new modules until the, until like the day before the the previous module ends. Think of how crazy that is. Imagine doing a course where you finish module one in the first two days of the week. And then you literally have to sit and wait for four or five more days until the next module opens. Again, I just say like, what, what does we've taken for granted that we all know what that means? Adult learning module, like a, a adult learning course, adult learning environment. We've taken for granted and it's highly subjective and completely abstract. <laughs> 
I would argue that if your adult life means that you need to finish a seven week AQ or an eight week AQ in two weeks, and you've actually, you're on holidays and you want to take care of all the work and you want to post up all the work and you just want to be done with it, that I would say that's an adult learning model. Like that, that's kind of where we're at. And it's not on you to go chasing your colleagues to comment on your content. That's not on you. Like, who are we kidding here? AQs, online AQs are vending machines. Put your money in, get your product. And I don't mean complete it, but I just mean access to it. I really do believe that. We are, I, I, I would be hard pressed to say that it's, any other metaphor suits it that well. It's a vending machine. You can now walk up. If you have the cash, you have the qual, you know where to find the vending machine, go up, put the money in. Here's your experience, complete it. If we're talking about pure adult model, if you're the adult modeling it, it's your choice. If there's other, if there's other mitigating factors and other control factors through which the course has to be delivered as in, well, there's no online version of this. You have to come to the school. So, okay, there's the driving, there's the gas. Here's because we're driving to the school and other people are using the space. Okay, so that means they're scheduling things that can only exist in certain times. Well, you know what? This person, the typical, this course that they design, it's all on paper. Okay, well, I have to wait for the paper to be handed to me. These are very concrete. I get, I can disagree, but I get it. But a digital course that I know in the LMS is just sitting there and someone's hitting share, that does not make sense to me. It just doesn't make sense to me. That's just one part that doesn't make sense to me. The other fact that if we're actually calling it an adult learning model, adult learning environment, that we have no freaking clue what that means anymore. And it really should be as simple as here's your regular, here's your decaf. Like if that's, if that's what, because that's where we're at, that's the vending machine and the whole assessment model in some ways is bullshit. Like I just, I do, I, I'll call it as that. I appreciate peer, peer thing, peer assessment. But if you're also telling me in order for you to hand me, hand me my thing at the end, like hand me my credit, my AQ credit, I also have to get 80%. Really? Jimmy over here, who I just met one week ago. And I know Jimmy only got a level two on his last AQ, but he's teaching it, right? he's teaching it, but like Jimmy's going to give me the feedback that's going to help me get to 80%. No, it's me pouring my own frigging coffee. Like I'm going to be pouring my own frigging coffee here. And if you do happen to have an absentee facilitator and it all comes at the end, for whatever reasons, absentee, non-judgmental, just a fact. They're not there. They're not there, right? If they're not providing the feedback or are incapable of giving the feedback, well, this is the system conversation. But we're still standing there in front of the vending machine where it shows, you know, it's a dollar, you put the loony in, and then after a while, it actually goes dot, 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 dot every month. <laughs> you gotta put another dollar in, right? And you're still waiting for your, your product to come out of the vending machine. So it's just, I don't know. And this is the system, this, this kind of delivery of AQs. I've had, I've had the, here's the everything course, but by the way, you gotta make sure you're there to respond to three and three, right? You got whatever the number that seems to be arbitrary as well. Right, right, right about three new things that you learned, right about two things that you're going to research more, right about one thing that was really thought provoking to you. I guess that's an adult learning model. I don't know, bro. 800 I bucks later, 800 bucks later, multiply that by the number of AQs that you and I have taken together, right? So... 
It's a it's it's something, and I'm privilege, this, baby, privilege. This time around, I'm I'm really pushing back on it. And I was a little bit surprised with the the whole you need eighty percent and above to pass. Were you though? Were I, you? A little bit because I'm like. F me, like this isn't even. I could see, I could see under seventy five. So expectations, you know, the standard expectations are like a B. You have, you know, this is the way it works in 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 Ontario. Meet the expectations to level three. I get that, but right, but the students why they turn credit. to level this, four? Well, the the students still move on to. Wait, we're talking about students, right? No, I'm just well, I'm talking about if. Because it seemed to me like we were mimicking everything that we do to students, we were doing to ourselves. Right. So right, right. then, when was the last time I told my grade threes, if you don't earn a level four on this activity, that's it, you fail? Yeah. I never done that. In fact, some of my students earn lower than a level two and they still go to the next grade. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes I would see stat like, the customers accidentally overfill their cup and kind of slightly burn themselves. But I also knew they couldn't complain. So I'm like, you poured it on yourself. <laughs> AQs. Where's the, where's the possible complaint? You did this. You did Roland. You did the work. You got no point to complain. You did the work, right? The assignment was put there out there in front of you. And, and part of it is I'm playing with, I'm, I'm, this is I'm, I like when we land every once in a while on this on decoded where we you know there's it's you know here's the thing and it just we I think it would be good to look at it a little bit deeper I don't know exactly it's I'm gonna leave it to somebody else to figure out what the better look would be I just find it because that's I, I'll shake the tree I don't often know what's gonna fall out of it so the the just this idea though that we are at the the self serve model of AQ so deeply and then being told. On top of that, you have to achieve to this level. And then compounded by the fact that your path to getting there is to be in the same place at the same time as your colleagues. And abstractly added to that, that why should you trust Jimmy? You just freaking met Jimmy. How do you know Jimmy's going to be able to give you the feedback that you need in order to get you to that 80% that allows you to leave the room finally? It's messed up. I I, I want to say one more thing and then I'm going to... I got to go. We got to clock out. Yeah. So Jimmy, so here's the thing I realized quickly. There are 20 people in this course and I only know, I only know six of them. Well, mm -hmm. I don't know the other people. I'll tell you why, because I was so far ahead all the time. And so were these people with me. I never commented on any of Jimmy's work, even in the introduction where you introduce yourself. I, that module was open for a week. And I think I went back midweek and still didn't meet a bunch of Jimmies because they hadn't, they hadn't posted up their intro yet. And I wasn't circling back. I wasn't circling back to module one when I'm halfway done module two to say hi to Jimmy and get to know him a little bit better. It was very interesting actually. Cause I'm like, I don't freaking know who Jimmy is. Like when the, when our instructor emailed us to tell us who our peer was, that was going to do our peer assessment for our unit. Luckily, it was one of the six that I have been communicating with since day one. So we already had like a, oh, okay. I felt comfortable because I read these people's posts. I see their assignments. So I'm like, okay, this is like, this is certainly 80% and above. So I'm connected to the right person here who seems to 
put time into their work or just gets it, whatever the case may be. And she told me she felt the same about me. She's like, thank God it was you because like some of those names, I don't even know who they are. We never see them because we're so far ahead. And I'm not, we're not judging. We're just like, I don't even know who Jimmy is. Because when I did my introductions, Jimmy's name never popped up. I don't even know who he is. He may have, he may have done his introduction an hour before it was due. And so barely anybody knows that Jimmy's even there. So it's like this whole thing is messed because I was so far ahead. I only know these six people. And you could tell me Jimmy's in the course. I'd be like, Jimmy who? Because um, there were names on the e- in the email of the peer assessment people. I don't even know who they are. I don't even know their names existed until I looked at the class list. I'm like, oh, my God, there's more than six people in this course. There's like 20. But some of them are coming out of the woodwork an hour before things are due and blasting them in. And some people like me are 10 light years ahead and are begging somebody to look at my stuff to tell me if I'm on the right track or not. Adult learning, baby. So you're standing there with the with the urn, the (laughs) orange topped urn saying, yeah, can I get some more decaf over here? Yesterday, the unit was due. Everything, all the last stuff was due yesterday. I'm sure Jimmy handed everything in at 11.59 p.m. Because that's how Jimmy rolled. And that's what worked for Jimmy's life. I got no benefit from Jimmy, and he didn't get any from me. I have no idea who he is, where he comes from, what he teaches, nothing. And hopefully this is the last eight. I, I don't want to take any more AQs. I don't. I don't. Anyway, that's the first week of summer school. What did you draw, Clough? It's a worm on a hook. I like it. <laughs> Under the water. <laughs> You're baiting Ooh. me, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy's baiting. Poor Jimmy. Jimmy. Whoever Jimmy is. Yeah, let me just add one more thing to it. Okay. As you do that, I'll say this was a, a great... Uh, why should I trust Jimmy? What did you add? The bubbles? Yeah, just the bubbles. Nice. Cool. Well, thanks, Clough, for hanging out today. uh, Season 5, episode 35, first week of summer school. And uh, Enjoy your your, your time time away. Thanks, brother. I'm hitting the beach. Beach. (laughs) I don't know when the next time we're going to cast is. That's all good. That's all good. I come back, you leave. Mm -hmm. Summer school is going to be a short one this year, baby. That's okay. It's the good, at least, and we'll only assess ourselves. So we'll be good. (laughs) Okay, peace. Ciao, man.